Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of Asians Represent. I'm Daniel Kwan and I am one of the co-hosts of this show. Now, this bonus episode is actually audio from our very first Asians Represent panel that took place at BreakoutCon last month. Now, this audio is courtesy of the RPG Design panel cast by Jason Pitt, so shout out to him. Uh, and uh, I think you're going to really enjoy this one. Uh, we had a lot of questions. We had a lot of very stimulating discussion. It was fantastic. Now, a quick note, quick announcement. Uh, if you are a patron of the One Shot Network, that's patreon.com forward slash one shot podcast, you'll have access to episode two of New Shambhala, our masks actual play. So I really hope you enjoy that. If you're not a, you know, if you're not a patron of the One Shot Network, get on that. Now, that's it um, for announcements. If you have any questions or um, concerns about the show or constructive criticism, or you just want to say something nice, hit us up on social media. We want to hear everything. We want to hear the positives. We want to hear the negatives. Uh, you can get in touch with us at uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at AZNSrepresent, or send us an email at AZNSrepresent at OneShotPodcast.com. Now, enough of that. Uh, please enjoy this amazing panel we did at Breakout Con. Oh, shoot. I'll, I'll prepare. I was so hyped about this. But yesterday we were talking, um, we were recording our actual play. Um, we were doing in masks in like this pan Asian setting. And one of the things you brought up in the, you know, in the conversation was that like coming up with names is really hard. And especially since now you're one of the co-authors of Hearts of Lulin. Yeah, which um, is a PBTA game. One of the things you said you were struggling with was coming up with names. Well, that's not what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say I was struggling with it, but I think it's a very interesting conundrum to, like, when you're playing uh, a character of a different culture background from you and you want to come up with a name, It's it can sometimes be pretty tricky. Mm-hmm. And then, to, well, we were thinking about, okay, we need to come up with a master list so people can just kind of, they can pull from them. And then, well, it was hard because uh, Pinyin is really hard to read. Pinyin is really hard to read. Yeah. Um, and so that, that kind of got us started in like this like, interesting tangent on like, what can you create? What kind of becomes offensive? Not Ooh, talking so about this yet. What becomes offensive? And like how you can avoid these pitfalls. I think all, all of us here are, are, have been involved in gaming for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, I, I think we should start by just talking about like who's who, what we've done, and you know, what kind of gives us the credentials to actually be up here, other than being Asian. Because one, one of the things people think about is like, I'm going to involve an Asian person in my game. You, you can't just pick a person because they're Asian. You should pick us because we're qualified. You should pick us because you know, we actually have skills. We are more than just being Asian. That's my bad. <laughs> okay, so why don't we start with, with Cleo? Oh, hi. Um, Cleo said she didn't know she was supposed to be on the panel. <laughs> <laughs> this is a comedy show, by the way. Yeah. Uh, hi, I'm filling in for Cleo Yansu Davis, uh, award winning LARP designer. Uh, I'm James Mendez Hodes. Uh, I live in Touch in New Jersey on uh, traditional Lenape land, and uh, I'm a writer, editor, cultural consultant, and game developer. Um, some games that I have worked on that you might have heard of include uh, Seven Sea and Scion, 
And uh, I, I guess I, I feel like I have to admit to this here, Legend of the Five Rings. <laughs> hey, no shame, no shame. <laughs> I'm not so sure about that, but getting, hi. Getting money is getting money. <laughs> gotta work okay uh i will introduce myself next hi everyone i am agatha chang and i'm the co-host of agents represent and now also the co-author of an upcoming game we will be on kickstarter in may hopefully uh and it's yeah and it's called hearts of Uling. it's a game of wuxia melodrama uh, these are my credentials go ahead <laughs> you guys want to go Sure. I'm Banana Chan, and I am the owner of a board game publishing company, Game in a Curry. Um, I also write for RPGs, so I've written for Kids on Bikes, uh, Seven C with um, Mendez, and what else have I done? Oh, North Sea Epilogues. Uh, I'm Sharon Biswas. I'm an artist, writer, and game designer, and I make uh, weird, tiny, artsy games that show in galleries and win awards, and then no one's heard of them apart from that. <laughs> and I also write about games a lot, both for like more mainstream things, and then like like first-person scholar and like less mainstream things like that. Uh, and I work in diversity consulting. I work at the Medici Group, which is a corporate consulting firm, a strategy consulting firm in New York City that focuses on innovation, but specifically how innovation uh, can be, can happen through diversity. Um, and I also do a lot of gay stuff. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, th this is, this is not a serious panel. Uh, I'm Daniel Kwan. I'm also, I'm the other co-host of Asians Represent. Oh. Uh, there we go. We, we got it. I should have done it for it's you. It's so quiet. Nailed it. Nailed it. Um, I could just start watching that show. Thanks to Joe. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm one of the co-hosts of Asians Represent. Uh, I am currently working on a game called Ross Rifles. It's a game about, it's for Canadian history nerds. It's a game about World War One, And uh, from my perspective, the sort of the Chinese-Canadian experience of World War One that people don't, know, don't even know about. Um, I published another game called Zany Zoo. And I've been working on, as a developmental consultant, on a couple of other games. I've also, for the past, actually as of this week, 14 years, uh, been working in the museum industry, uh, helping kids uh, learn history and science and social skills through tabletop games. Um, yeah, so I know a little bit about education and gaming. Um, yeah, so let, let's get into it. So this panel is like designing Asian themes in games. And I kind of started off with this, this little bit about names and how name can be really difficult and when people are often like designing games and they think oh, okay well how can i introduce diversity into these games when they have you know what the audience can assume to be a diverse cast they think the main indicator of somebody's you know, culture is going to be their name and then i've often seen this in games where they throw oh i'm going to add a character and i'm going to give it the most chinese name possible just to show that i have a chinese character in here we all think about that their name Ching. I, I'm not gonna lie. Yes. That's actually not a very Chinese name, right? No, no, <laughs> no, it's not. It's Would have been better if you wanted Lee. So, so for like, so for context, oh, I um, at Fan Expo Canada two years ago, I was playing a game of Tales from the Loop, and I was like, you know what? I want to be, I want to be, I want to play the popular character. I want to be the popular kid, and. Um, story yeah yeah and somebody I was the only Asian person in the entire room actually so there were like 25 tables in there I was the only Asian person in the entire room represent Rep represent <laughs> um, and this guy next to me was very aggressively insistent that I play you know the computer geek because I'm Asian 
And I turned to him and said, I'm not even playing an Asian character. And he said, oh, I just assumed that you're playing an Asian character because you are Asian. And I said, no. Um, and so this, these are like, this is like one of the things that I've encountered a lot in gaming. It's that like people assume that because we're Asian professionals, we only write about the Asian experience and that we're incapable of writing about other things. Um, so uh, I don't know where I was going with that. I don't know either. <laughs> but it was just something that I was thinking about a lot. Now, all of us have kind of worked on Asian games. We've all worked on Asian theme games, and, and Bart and Banana Chan, with, with your company, you've, you've published a lot of things that don't actually feature you know, Asian themes. Mm-hmm. Um, when people kind of come up to us and they ask us to consult on our games, what's kind of like the first question that all of y'all ask? Because this is something I've been curious about, because I've been approaching, like, hey, I'm doing this game about this. Like, what's the first question that you ask? So people usually assume that her, my partner owns the company. Um, That's also to do with misogyny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we could get into that, too. <laughs> um, and I just let them think that until I talk about it on panels like this. <laughs> so what is the question, then, that... So the question is, what is what is the first thing that you ask when somebody oh, when somebody inquires? Yeah, that you oh, ask when you somebody ask them. yeah that you ask them the client when they ask you to work for them in consulting on the project. Like when you reach out to me to work on Seven C, and then things happen, but that's okay. Yeah. Like what what is the first thing that you ask? So I just tend to get asked to make my own thing. I, I've never I rarely get asked, can you like consult with me on this? I recently got asked to do sensitive to reading for something. Um, but that was, um, so that, that was interesting because there was, there was one dude who made this game and he asked me to do reading and he asked me because his game was about global geopolitical meccas. So like mechs in like global geopolitical politics and how they kill each other. Um, and that, that wasn't because he wasn't like, this is Asian or whatever. He's like, oh, you have an international perspective. I, I grew up in all kinds of places and like I work in diversity and he's like, can you look at this? And, um... Maybe I wasn't. I didn't ask him that much. I know it's him making the game alone. So I'm like, mm. I will read your thing, and I read it, and I gave him some comments. Um, yeah, I've never had a big company ask me like, and so I don't. Yeah. I just yeah. like, I'll look yeah. at it. Yeah. Yeah. Usually for for me as well, it's people are pretty clear uh, in scope of like what they would want. So for some people, it's like looking at actually looking at names. And terminology to see if those. So, so, but people usually specify for us, so I don't actually need yeah. to ask questions. I, I've had three clients last month come up to me and ask me to consult on their games, and they kind of uh, they kind of gave me this like really broad pitch that doesn't sound Asian, and I have to actually ask, do you want me to consult about Asian content or just the gameplay itself? And it's one of those weird things that I've been thinking about. And I've been thinking about that a lot, which is why I asked. Do, do you ever? Yeah, so my, my answer to this is often a little bit different based on um, the context in which people are coming to me. Because um, I've worked uh, as a freelance writer, as a developer, as an editor. Um, but right now, I think um, like my most prominent shingle is as a cultural consultant, because uh, there are fewer of those. Uh, so when people come to me and they say, hey, I, I need some cultural consulting, then the first thing I ask them is, uh, what are you afraid of, basically? And I find a more polite way of saying it, usually. But um, the, the first thing that I want to figure out is where their personal anxieties about a project lie. Because I have found that the, the kinds of 
like bigoted attitudes or racism or other difficult attitudes that are hardest to dislodge are the ones that are tied to personal experiences. Um, like, and it could be something as simple as there are some Chinese people in the town where I live and they're mean to me. Um, and things like that aren't actually relevant to the game that they're making, but if that's, if that's where someone's greatest anxieties lie with regard to a game, it's, it's helpful for me to know that because that affects how I'm gonna talk to them about their project and what I'm gonna have to do, like what kind of emotional labor I'm gonna have to do to make them feel more comfortable and to make them feel happy that they hired me as a cultural consultant and to make them think, yes, I totally want to do this in the future instead of hiding and making white people games for the rest of my life. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, like, when you say, when you say white people games, I'm like, I'm, I was, I'm, most games. Like, most games. <laughs> but I'm, like, I'm writing here, and, I, and one of the things that I wrote down was ownership. And I know that a lot of people who might be listening to the audio format of this or who are, like, in the room with us might be game designers, might be working on their own games, and might be working on games with Asian themes, but you might not necessarily be Asian. And one of the things that we encountered, we talked about this on like, I think the very first episode of Asians Represent. And we talked about, you know, ownership over what you can write. Like, can, are we as, you know, Asians of, of, of different varieties, are we only allowed to write about Asian themes? Are we the only ones who can, or can anybody else do that? That's really interesting because I'm somewhat in the literary world as well, right? Somewhat, very minorly. Um, and I was reading a review, no, an article, I think it was in the other review of books, uh, and it was talking about, like, this idea that um, white people as ethnically neutral um, are given this permission to write about all kinds of cultures, but ethnically marked people are not. So they gave this example of, like, um, they, they were comparing this, like, book about, um, this book about, I don't know what it was, but about, like, it was, like, a white author, and they were writing about this, like, um, other culture, and then the reviews of it were, like, oh, look at this nuanced delve into another culture that's so interesting and unique, and then there was this Chinese-American writer who wrote a book where there was, the, the protagonist was a young black boy in South, in Southern America, not South America, um, and reviews were like, oh, this is good, but can this Chinese immigrant author actually really delve into the experience of this Southern American boy? And it was like, really, like, why are one ethnic group allowed to explore other things and other ethnic groups not? Uh, and that was very um, interesting because, apart from that question about like um, discrimination, that brings to mind like, who are you supposed to allowed to expect it to write about, right? Like is it okay like we can we give people flack very often for well you're writing you're writing a game about about japanese culture without having anyone japanese staff and that brings the question like oh i'm writing a story about white american people and i'm not white american never have been an white american right um and that's interesting and of course there's questions of like you know punching up or like versus the dominant versus the subordinate groups but it is interesting like who do we allow to portray others it's yeah. it's it gets a little bit complicated yeah i really like this question so so who gets so because this is this is the panel about designing asian themes in board and role playing games um then who does who does get to write asian themes in these games is is it only asians 
No, not according to the market, of course. Uh, but clearly not. If, if I, I have this. So for listeners, this is yeah. a book called Ninja Hero, and on the cover, it's, it's got a white dude. This is like definitely from seventies slash eighties. It's got this guy with the blonde mullet. He's white, and uh, behind him is is vaguely. I think she's Asian. Oh, yeah, she's, she's Asian. She's one hundo Asian. Because her eyes are lines. <laughs> yeah. Um, so is the white dude, to defend the artist. Oh, to defend the artist. <laughs> I don't know, those Let's are very different looking lines. Okay. Anyway, and then they're, they're facing off against a bunch of ninjas. Ninja hero. Uh, but anyway, so then who does get to write these? Like, do, do non-Asians get to write? I don't know, because this is always the, the first question that I, I think every designer should, should ask themselves before mm-hmm. they actually go into a project. Because often people, like, they'll work on an Asian project and they'll be like, okay, I'm going to put this out to market, I want to put this on Kickstarter, but I don't want to get eviscerated online. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to get a cultural consultant to kind of cover my back. And this is just like a Band-Aid, right? Yeah. This doesn't really do anything good for the Asian community, and it doesn't do anything good for gaming. Right? Yeah. Because we, that question is still isn't answered. Like yeah. what, what I always say is like, if you're going to design a game, you should ask yourself why you're designing it. And I feel like also, yeah, the intention is super important. Like, why are you designing this game? Are you designing it because you think it's going to make a ton of money? Are you going to make it because, uh, you know, like you just want something different? Like, why don't you collaborate with other people? Like, there's so many questions as to like why some creators choose to do certain things that, for example, Fortune Cookie Kung Fu, which I want to talk about. Um, I don't know. Yeah, still, because I'm very pissed off about it. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about so it. I'm going to challenge that, actually, mm-hmm. uh, about is it important what your intention is, right? Because, you know, there's the, there's the notion in art that the author's and the artist's intention ceases to matter once the art is out there, right? Like, it's all about the art, in, in yeah. a way, right? That, that's yeah. what I'm challenging, I'm not saying, no, yeah, um, right? Like, because you can interpret things as you want, and mm-hmm. so you might, you might make something being like, I think this will make a lot of money, ha 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 and then other people are like, oh, that was really, really moving. <laughs> that could happen. Yeah. I would argue that Marvel films are probably fall under that category where the, a lot of people are like, oh, we're going to make this movie because it make us money. But it turns out that the writers who end up putting things like resonate with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, you know, what I think is another more important question that Mendez brought up last time we were on a panel together. We do this a lot. Um, he brought up this idea of who... Who could this affect and how might it harm the most vulnerable communities, Mm -hmm. right? And so that's where that nuance of if I am writing a book uh, or a game or a story or a film uh, which features the um, uh, 1% experience of wealthy, you know, white people in New York versus if those people write a game about immigrant gay Indian Poor people in New York, like who, which project has a greater potential to harm people? Um, and I think that is a very interesting question because, in the end, the intent, like people mean well all the time and still get eviscerated because mm-hmm. you know people right. read differently. Yeah, very much so. Did you want to answer the question? Um, uh, I guess one thing I was going to think of was yeah, uh, in in my experience as a cultural consultant, um, I, I think intention. There there are places where intention does matter. But getting into the getting into conversations with people about their intentions generally doesn't go well for me. 
Um, <laughs> That's what we're talking how, about. How so? How so? <laughs> not as Without calling out people, how so? Yeah. Um, <laughs> respect. I'll, 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 go for it. Go for it. Yeah. Um, if you're not under contract with them. Yeah. No. No. no it's it's fine. Um, so people with good intentions are harder to cultural consult for than people with bad intentions. <laughs> as a generalization, this isn't always true, but very often because if someone has bad intentions and you're like, hey, this thing that you made, it, it's kind of terrible for like, these obvious racist reasons. They're like, ah, well, all right, fine. I guess that's... If, you, if that same expression comes from a person with good intentions and you're like, hey, I, I think this thing that you said or something like that uh, sounds racist, then you get a 25-minute self-defense of their intentions and how they have an Asian girlfriend. And... <laughs> So, so this is, this is a broad generalization, but I would say that um, cultural consulting and calling people on things when they, when they are well-meaning often is harder than when you cultural consult with people who don't care or even have negative intentions within the context of like this polite society that we're in. When, when it gets to questions of violence, then it switches around. People who perpetrate violence with bad intentions tend to be more dangerous. But in this specific, like, polite society where none of us are supposed to be racist context, um, good intentions can be really dangerous to engage with. Right. But yeah. I think if you are a, you're a designer and you're like, I want... I want to include these themes. I want to include Asian themes. Um, this is, I don't think that's a bad suggestion though, to be like, yeah, do think about it. Like what Daniel said. Yeah, do think. Do, th do, th do, <laughs> do, do yeah. think. Um, but in terms of, yeah, what, and also what Sharang said, that Manda said. <laughs> like, who, who will this impact? And who, am I the best person to tell this story? Is there someone else that, could possibly be better suited. Um, sometimes maybe there isn't because because there's not as many, for example, there's not as many Asian designers um, for various reasons. Yeah, um, I want to get into that. <laughs> um, um, I actually have a interesting, interesting, I hope it's interesting, uh, kind of response to what um, Mendel is saying and, and expand on that about it's like people with good intentions are hard to like do things with in that way. Um, and there's actually a bunch of research that talks about that. I've been researching this literally for my work um, about this idea of um, like white fragility, in quote marks, which a lot of people are nodding about. Um, and, and there's this thing that, okay, most people don't consider themselves to be bad people, right? Most people are like, I am a bad person. Like, we all know about the whole idea in like fiction. Villains don't think, I am evil, I am lawful evil, and I'm doing these things because this is my alignment, right? Most people think they're doing the, uh, a good thing. And there's, in, in North America, which has a very particular history of race relations compared to many other parts of the world, um, this has become particularly important because during, this is what the research suggests, is that during the civil rights movement, um, being racist became equated with being a bad person, which most people might argue, yes, that is valid, right? <laughs> if you are being racist, you're probably a bad person. But then that turned into, um, into like that, that became exacerbated to be like, 
if you have any kind of bias at all, you are a bad person, right? Every human being has biases. Mm. Like, that is inescapable yeah. part of being human. Um, but the conversation has now become, if, it, if anyone suggests that, hey, you said or did something that might have been biased or prejudicial in a way, what the person is hearing is, you are saying that I am racist, i.e. you are saying I am a bad person. And I'm not just, this isn't just white people versus non-white people. There's any kind of prejudice, right? Nowadays, especially in the conversations we have in this like outrage culture that especially exists in social media. Where, Cancel culture. Where, where like if yeah. you like, you know, there was stuff in gaming where, oh, you didn't speak up about this horrible person. You must also be horrible and complicit. Some of you know what I'm talking about, right? But then it gets um, like super performative too. It's, it's just super like why, like most people, they just talk about stuff for the sake of talking about stuff and like taking the spotlight away from people who deserve to like you know have a Get, voice. Get have the voice. Yeah. But it's it's very hard to it's it's right now it's hard to call out people um, politely and a lot of people do, do it not politely. But it's hard to, and sometimes you should do it not politely, but it's hard to tell someone, hey, I know you didn't mean badly, but you just don't know about this, and you said or did something that's bad, because that person is usually going to hear it as, you're calling me racist and evil, and either the reaction is, despair, 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 I am racist and evil, or, what are you talking about? I'm not racist and evil. That means everything I do must be fine and good intentioned, and nothing I do is bad. I have an Asian girlfriend or whatever, right? Uh, <laughs> the, the one that I love is... I lived in Asia for five months. <laughs> yeah, I literally have both of these conversations yeah. multiple times with different people. So, so then how, how can people deal with this? I mean, one of the things that I do with my friends is like, I really like to talk on the phone. Like, I'm not just, I don't, I'm, whoa, <laughs> like, I don't just text, I really don't do that. Um, like, I like to talk to people on the phone because I think if you're going to have an honest conversation with somebody, it's not going to happen on social media. It's oh, not going to happen on Twitter. It's not going to be like, hey, I saw you did this. You know that's bad, right? Like, don't write that in public because people will react negatively. Like you said, yeah. they feel called out. Especially right? in a public forum. Especially like in a public forum, right? Um, one of the things I like to do is like, you know, if I, got, if I got beef with like a friend of mine, like, it's okay to have beef. Like, it's fine. Like, call them, be like, hey, look. We got beef. We got beef. <laughs> right? You did something that upset me. I'm like, it hurt my feelings and here's why. And you can have that conversation and you can communicate exactly what you're, you're, you're feeling, but in a positive way. Right? Instead of being like, hey, you suck on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. And like, 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 like there's, there's no place for that. And like Banana was just saying, it's, it's very... Um, you get a lot of social cred for saying you suck on Twitter, right? right this so. performance yeah. is so important. Yeah, like the public social cred yeah. you get a lot of. Like if I say, like, like we have this culture of if we deride people for doing bad things on social media, everyone likes us and we're mm -hmm. cool. Right. Which, I mean, yes, sometimes people need to be derided. That is important sometimes, but like... But that can't be your source advance. of clout. Yeah, it doesn't often advance yeah. the... It doesn't, like, it doesn't... Usually, it does nothing to the person who is doing the bad thing. Like, they just get angrier. Um, yeah, it doesn't change their opinion or anything. It so, like, make them reconsider stuff. So, I'm looking at the, the description of this panel. And uh, <laughs> one thing it says is, we'll talk through uh, the differences between Asian American and overseas Asian perspectives. And I actually really like this idea. And I kind of want to talk about this because. Uh, oh, what is this? Oh, for example, if we're, we're thinking back to the Ghost in the Shell. 
instant oh, phenomenon? Question mark. Uh, that the amazing movie with Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, it, that's that is a very interesting illustration of this specific thing, right? Where it's like, uh, oh, Asian, uh, the Asian diaspora are like, absolutely not. I am really offended with this, and um, whereas. A lot of Japanese people who live in Japan are like, yo, what else? <laughs> I don't have any problem with this. I, I love ScarJo or whatever, right? So um, we are all, well, actually, I'm, I just made an assumption. Uh, I am a second, second generation um, East Asian. And so I feel like I have a very specific perspective about this, uh, about a lot of things, because I come from um, a space that is marginalized, right? Like I am not the majority. My skin color is not the majority. People have um, assigned specific traits with me and I have internalized a lot of that. So a lot of times when I encounter these things, for example, when I encountered the ghost in the shell, I'm like, okay, why is, why is there a white Why act? does this need to exist? Why is she, yeah. Why, why, what is why, their intentionality why, why, behind why did, this? Why did Goku have to be white in the live action Dragon Ball movie? Dude, don't talk to me about that. Why, why did M. Night Shyamalan cast all those people in the Avatar movie? M. Night Shyamalan, we got beef. Um, so, but that's like, that's how I immediately feel. But then like, what if, is any one of us um, not? Well, I don't know. Just say it. What is, no, but like, is any of us coming not from that perspective, actually? That's what I want to pose. I mean, neither of us are Asian American, technically. I'm also not American, but... I'm first-gen Canadian. I'm sorry. Right. I forgot to tell you. Oh. <laughs> oh. I mean, I, so the thing is, I have a very bizarre perspective, right? Because I'm a third-culture kid. I, I was born in New Delhi, though I'm ethnically from West Bengal, but then I grew up in Abu Dhabi, and then I moved to the United States, right? And it's like, so, and I'm married to an American white bread dude, right? Um... As in, like, white bread, as in, like, he's, like, from Connecticut. Um, so, like, it, it's really interesting because that comment came up in the States recently about this, like, high schooler who wore, like, Chinese clothing yeah. to a prom or something, right? You saw that. You asked yeah. people might remember this? Uh, and, like, a lot of the Chinese Americans were like, well, that's stupid. And then people in China saw it and they're like, great. We like our clothing. We're glad you like our clothing. Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting. And I feel because... I, I've been told a lot of my life that I wasn't Indian enough, um, and I'm like, am I Indian enough? But like in America, of course, I'm so Indian. Oh. Um, it's it's very, like, but, but the thing is that, the, I mean, these are two different cultures with their own marginalizations, yeah. and so you can't say, like, oh, Chinese people in China are okay with it, so therefore you should also be okay with it because that's they're not yeah. the same people. Well, you can't tell right. people to not be offended over something that they're offended. Like yeah, um, so, and that's that, a difficult conversation because like Chinese people in, in China are not marginalized for being Chinese. No, nope. maybe they might not be being Muslim, but yeah, that's a different thing. Yeah, um, yeah that's but yeah. but like so in 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 the north it's North America you are marginalized for this identity, and so that identity takes on a special significance when um, it, is, it is portrayed or appropriated or used or whatever in specific ways. And that's interesting and important. Right, so because it matters to, the, to already a group of people, then therefore uh, that means that it's not okay. Because it doesn't matter if some other people are okay with it, but if it already is negatively impacting one group, then that means that it's still not okay. Is, is that what we're saying? Seems to be oh, the conclusion. I think it's. I think it's also important to recognize that the same expression can have 
both positive and negative effects right. mm -hmm. on two different populations or even on the same population. Right. Uh, so for example, uh, Ghost in the Shell employed a hell of a lot of Japanese people. and Big Japanese stars. Yeah, lots of big Japanese stars, lots of Japanese cast and crew, but it also had a negative effect on uh, like normalizing whitewashing in Hollywood. And those effects coexist. One of them does not subtract from the other. Mm -hmm. They both happen. So in situations like the like the the dress saga, um, I think it's <laughs> um, I think it's important to to recognize that that expression can have both helpful and harmful effects. In the particular case of the dress, though, um, my, my main problem with it wasn't a white girl in a dress; it was the pictures that they took. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That adds a different layer. Yeah, which I think, um, and if we're talking about like focusing on the people who are most vulnerable. Um, I think that probably the Asian American perspective is a little bit more relevant in this particular case because those people are living in America around Asian Americans and the racism that they are gonna perpetuate is gonna hit Asian Americans first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what, like, I wanna, I wanna get into this fortune cookie kung fu thing because yes. I want to know about it I don't know about it and I, I want to learn with, 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 the, with the audience like complete side topic like with Ghost in the Shell I, wa I was initially really offended about her casting and then it kind of slipped and then I saw the movie I paid to go see it in theaters and then what offended me most about it was I did not find her to be a convincing action star that, that was the most <laughs> offensive part to me I was like she can't fight I literally walked out of the theater I was like she can't fight and, and that, that really bothered me it's the same thing that bothered me um, about like altered carbon. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. Why are we talking about? That? Because I want to talk about <laughs> William Lee because I love William Lee. No, um, <laughs> altered carbon was another one that kind of brought up these issues. I mean, we talked about like, at length about yeah. cyberpunk, but with altered carbon, when I was you know, we, we were talking about like, is it possible not to offend anyone at all? And I was I, I was I went on this Twitter rant. I, I don't normally do that, but I went on a Twitter rant, rant about altered carbon, and most of it was like. Why can't there be more William Lee? This guy can't fight. William Lee can. Follow him on Instagram. And then a lot of people were like, yeah, but in the books. <laughs> in the books. He's, you know, they talk more about his Asian identity in the books. Um, you know, if you read the books, you'll like the show. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not reading the books right now. I'm watching the show. And I, I mean, I wanted to ask this question. And I, we've, we've kind of touched on it like ten, like. Tangentially, Tangentially mm -hmm. but like, is it possible not to offend anyone at all? Like, you you just talked about like this panel is mostly for the you know that Asian American audience, mm -hmm. right? But is it possible not to offend anyone at all? And I don't think it is. And that goes back to that thing about interpretation. Yeah, right? everyone will interpret something differently. I mean, I'm going to be on a panel coming up about like what is problematic to talk about in games, and I'm like, I'm an artist. You should be talking about everything, right? Um, that's my whole panel. There, you've been there. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I don't think, I mean, not, not to say that, not this is I mean, being semantically rigid, um, like, uh, sorry, thorough, not rigid. Um, like, we're not saying everything you do will, will um, offend someone, because that's not necessarily true, but like, nothing you do can, you can't, you can't make a piece of work and say that no one will ever be offended by this. Yeah. Um, because, yeah. and, and like, like, like Mendes said, Sometimes things can be just now, not last time. Um, like things can simultaneously be true, right? You can love the piece for something. I can hate it for something else. You can be lukewarm about it for something, a third thing, right? And our faves are problematic. 
Yeah, yeah. but so yeah, just because. But going back, uh, just because uh, you can't stop yourself from ever offending anyone does not mean that you should not hire a cultural consultant or stop making art or ask yourself those yeah. important questions yes. about yeah. intentions. You will fail. You will still try. <laughs> and, and I think it's important, also important for us to, to talk about specific examples. So yes. let's start, yeah. Let's, Go ahead with this game. Because like, so you're just like, ago, I do it. <laughs> a few years ago, I played this game called Fortune Cookie Kung Fu. It was run by this guy who was white, and uh, players had to come in and name, make characters based off of Chinese menus, like Chinese takeout menus, and order the food and like put on ridiculous accents. So and... as in like there was a menu with names of food and yes. I would pick like Mugu Gaipan and, and that's, that's my name. character name? Yes. But like you would change it a little. Interesting. So yeah, that was like... What's the objective of this game? I think it was like an adventure game. I don't really remember. I was like the villain because I was so pissed off. But that was like... <laughs> oh, wait. So your, your attitude made you the villain? Apparently. Mean... Like, okay. I wasn't trying. So like, who's but... the most pissed off person at the table? You're the villain. Let's go. Yeah, and I was the only okay. Asian at that game. Um, oh. So that was fun. What was your character name? Um, <laughs> I think it was like... You're just prodding. It wasn't egg drops, people, was it? It was like... <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, crap, I forgot. This oh, hot and sour soup or something like that. And that's what I ordered too, so yeah. Oh my god. That gosh. was fun. What was your experience like, Mendez? Because I played know... recently, well, you, right? Yeah. You played so so Fortune Cookie Kung Fu has been on the schedule at uh, a series of conventions in New Jersey for literally years. Every single convention in this series of like two, three conventions a year, there's always Fortune Cookie Kung Fu games. The description of the game on the website is mostly a fortune like actually like the text that would be printed on a fortune and finally this past convention i actually went to it with um originally the plan was for uh like four people to four of us to go to it together but it ended up uh, all of us asian but it ended up being just me and one other asian person um sorry that's okay uh it happens and so we sat down, and the, there was this thing on the table that looked like a Chinese menu, but it was actually the rules. And there were these fortune cookies, and we had to make characters based on the fortune cookies. And about 20 minutes into the game, uh, I asked the guy running it, who was white, um, whether the characters were supposed to be Chinese. And he told me, no, I've actually been kind of trying to move away from the stereotypes here a little bit, and I really want to dedicate this particular game session to standing up for what's mat for what matters and what's right. And, and the other player and I look at each other and we look at him and we're like, well, that's nice, dude, but your game materials really aren't helping. And then we did an hour of unpaid cultural consulting. <laughs> And uh, this guy sat down and quietly took notes. As we pointed out, we explained the whole racist history of fortune cookies with the Chinese Exclusion Act and Japanese internment and everything, and how fortune cookies became a symbol of racism towards Asians in general and Asian Americans in particular, and all of the racist assumptions that had gone into his game. And he listened, and he took notes. And that was nice, but the game still runs in every convention in New Jersey. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, no. to, to be fair, to be fair, Mendez just did this, and the next convention hasn't happened yet, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so like, don't see, we people don't have see talked things. to him about this subject before, and I think that's why he no longer walks around the convention center in a rice paddy hat. But uh, yeah. Uh, at the at the first Metatopia, several Metatopias ago, people, uh, he he, uh, Metatopia is a game design convention, and he brought this game, and people pointed out to him that there were a couple of issues and he kept refining it because it turned out that he played a lot of D&D in college and they ordered a lot of Chinese food and so they had these fortune cookies around so he really just wanted to use fortune cookies as an oracle mechanic and then make a like, cute little indie game and so this is a game about nostalgia like college nostalgia uh, that, that, that seems to be the, the intention um, that, that drove it and I think we managed to convince him that the game shouldn't be about both fortune cookies and kung fu. So, <laughs> I, I, I googled this, I could not find it. Yeah, it's uh, not, I can, it, it's, yeah. it's not really well known. The, most of the results that you're going to find are from the website for that convention. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being like a good experience for me because explaining, explaining to this guy the fact that no matter how good his game is, the fact that it's that he's leading with fortune cookies is going to mean that people will always see him as racist. And that experience of feeling like people are re- reacting to this outward signifier and not to like the truth of who you are or what you're doing, that's how racism feels. Just imagine that printed on your whole life and your whole body. I'm really glad that I got that simile out of it, but it was still this hour of exhausting cultural consulting for me and this one other person. And I don't know whether it's gonna be on the convention again next time, and I don't know whether an uh, experience like Bananas is going to happen again where a bunch of people signed up to that game to be racist and then there's one poor Asian who was completely unsuspecting and then gets hurt by that. Well, to be fair, I was there to troll him, but then I didn't realize there was always going to be like white people at the time. Yeah. And yeah. this was five years ago, so... Yeah. Yeah. Respect. Now, I've been, I've been, I've been warned that we are running out of time. Uh, before we get into any questions, if any of us want to give a piece of advice what what would one piece of advice be to people who want to design asian themes in you know tabletop games but maybe aren't asian i can start um hire someone to look at your game and be ready for them to tell you that maybe you shouldn't make this game whether you accept that or not whatever that's but have that mindset in mind for example like a fortune cookie kung fu game yeah. On top of that, just like doing a little bit of research, that mm-hmm. helps. And, you know, even just going on social media, you know, browsing through people's, you know, people's stuff, like tweets and stuff, that also counts as research. So in my grand tradition of referring to what Mendes said, <laughs> oh, um, uh, when he talked about, you know, all the Japanese creators in the, in the movie, um, I, I always encourage people to bring in diverse perspectives when you work on something. And so especially if you're addressing a certain subculture, um, you know, maybe work with people, not, not, not just as a, I have finished this, can you look at this and tell me if it's bad or good or if it's okay, but like, hey, I would love your input in making this thing with me because you have lived this experience and that is valid and valuable, let's make this together. Is, I think that's very valuable and cool. And I might add, pay, pay those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, when you work with them, um, if you are getting monetary benefit out of it, I, I have the same thing. If you are making money off of it, everyone else should. If you are not making any money out of it, maybe you can make an argument. But yeah. 
uh, I'd say that if you're if you're if you're worried that if if you're worried about if I if I make this game and I include a diverse set of people in it, um, then representation will be better. But I'm afraid of appropriating. I'm afraid of being a cultural appropriator. I would rather that you tried to represent a diverse population in your game and failed, so I could yell at you about it, than that you didn't try it at all. Try it all, and you made another game that's just about white people. Because if you try and fail, at least I can tell you you're wrong, and you can improve, and we can make the world better. And I think to add on to that, you should also involve people in that. Yes. Which yeah. Is, that, that I yes, think that was. I think you were implying that just to make sure. Which is what Sharon said. Yeah. Yes. Oh look. <laughs> 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 the tables have turned. This is what a good moderator does. <laughs> were you gonna Were you gonna add it? Oh, was I adding something? No, you you wanted, okay, I thought you were gonna say oh, something. I, I, something. I thought yeah. you were gonna say something. Yeah, I'm um, <laughs> my my tip is is always about intention. Should you be making this? Uh, if it's college nostalgia for fortune cookies from presumably bad food, don't. Well, don't. Well. If you did research, then you if would you know did not research, to. If you did, like what yeah, then you know not to. Like, oh, and if you spin friend. it right, yeah, then. That's true. I mean, I think the experience of, of bonding in college about over bad food is probably a very powerful game Yeah, experience. it's not yeah. bad. And it doesn't have Motivation. to necessarily be like about, um, you race, know, race, race or, you know. So, I wonder if there's an RPG about Asian food coming out. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I do make a lot of food games, just saying. Do we want to take questions? Yeah, so we're going to take questions. Yeah. Um, one of the things you said earlier was you were playing a character someone else assumed was Asian because, and then they were suggesting you'd be a computer guy. Yeah. Um, if you were playing a popular guy and your character being Asian didn't matter until way, way later, or if at all, how do you go about approaching, um, reminding people if somebody was to then say, oh, you know what, you haven't mentioned you were Asian in the last 30 seconds, therefore I'm going to assume you're white? So so say, so in the scenario we're playing and like two hours in, yeah. it like because it tells forgot you were Asian. Basically. Forgot you were Asian, yeah. And depending on like how how we set up, because like doing the setup for the game is also super important, right? For Tales of the Loop, you know, the family is important in that, and that's probably where that would have come up. Like if I didn't say outright, oh, I'm Asian, we go home and maybe we maybe that scene kind of sets up the fact that I'm Asian. If they said, oh, I didn't know you were Asian, and I said. Yeah, but you know, I'm still here, right? Or if they said, "Oh, I forgot you were Asian," I said, "No, well, you know, I'm still just one of the kids in Tales from the Loop, right? Me being Asian isn't important to this, right?" And people are allowed to forget. I forget yeah, you're an elf, absolutely. whatever. <laughs> How dare you? You know, people are allowed to forget, but that's fine. Do you have a question there? Hi. Uh, thank you for your discussion. Um, I guess maybe I missed this part, but did you define like Asian values? You said you know be, be mindful of like putting them in the game. What what value? What Asian values did you mean? Like what what were the specific values? That... Was that was that mentioned? Okay, so the question is, what Asian values should? Yeah, you you were you, just talking about Asian values. I'm just wondering what what specific values would you? Did you talk about Asian honor? Values? Who said that? Who said that? Uh, sorry, can you clarify who said the value thing? Was that? Yeah, no, like you said, so if you're who, making... Who did? Who said that? No, I just, it came up during the... Oh, oh, right. oh us, us as a group. Right, we're trying to remember values. who... So I thought, well, what, what does that mean to have Asian values? If we, it's a very big area. If we right? said the, the term Asian values, uh, yeah. we take that back? Asian themes. 
themes. I think we said. Yeah, what, what are Asian themes? Like, oh, oh Asian yeah, yeah, themes. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, okay. that's an easier one to answer. Than Asian values. I was like, that is a very broad. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because there are many parts of Asia. Yeah. yeah. Mendes, I was expecting you to say honor. Now I have, to, I have to flip the honor table yeah, again. It's <laughs> been zero days since we had a discussion. <laughs> okay, so well, we Asian themes. Um, it depends on what part of Asia we're talking about. Um, so if this, if you're a designer, um, this is something that you can ask uh, the cultural consultant because I can't give you like a broad answer for like what are Asian themes, right? So if there's one aspect that you wanted to focus on. You can do that, but we we we're not we can't give you a blanket answer. Uh, at least like uh, a, like oh go ahead. Uh, I was just say I do say that when we talk about like the topic of the panel is designing and including Asians, I think a lot of it is discussion about depictions of Asian peoples and cultures and customs mm -hmm. is what is often talked about. So if your game is discussing samurais or your game is is talking about um, a Ganesh. Like that is a depiction of an Asian setting or theme in a game, and we're I think most of our conversation has been about that, and not about respect your elders, which anyone can respect your elders, or anyone could not respect. <laughs> or not. <laughs> and I want to add like one other thing is like I want to make sure that like, all all five of us are on the same page as to like what do we consider Asia, right? That's also complicated. Yeah. Very complicated. <laughs> And that, that's probably another panel. Yeah. <laughs> Teaser for next year's Breakout Con. Okay, so do we... Um, this, this is the turn. This is just the difficulty I had listening to you guys because there was uh, so many sort of cross, you know, intersecting ideas here. And I know this is part of a big, big debate about these kind of things, about self-censorship, about cultural acceptance, about all this kind of thing. But, you know, to hear sort of, it's like, oh, this game is white. It's a white culture game. Like that, that, what is white culture? And if you're going to define Asian versus white, what does that mean? Like, what what is white culture in reference to Asian culture? And um, what is white know, culture in reference to Asian culture? Well, is that your question? Well, I think that, I think the question what, is: What does white culture mean? What is a white game? Like, mm -hmm. is Scrabble a white game? Is Monopoly a white game? Is uh, Jenga? A white game does it? Um, okay, so, so that, that's a that's a very good question. Is that is it a good engineering game. Jenga because the building falls down. Yeah, so we, but I get offended if I was an engineer. Mendes. I don't know. Like yeah. Um, so games, uh, when, I, when I talk about games being white, um, I would say that uh, a white game is a game that uh, centers the experiences and the experiences, the history, um, and uh, the agency of white people. And uh, many, and a lot of the culture that um, white people and European people are responsible for creating. Can you give so, an example? Sure. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons is a role-playing game that is based uh, originally on. Uh, it goes back to traditional European war games and also to the fantasy influences of J.R.R. Tolkien, who was a fantasy author who uh, wrote about uh, European values and very explicitly. Values. Mm -hmm. very, very explicitly. Why, why is that wrong? Like it's it, it's out of a tradition. Oh, so why, why is it wrong? It's not. We no, have not said that wrong. on this it's panel that writing about white themes or from European traditions yeah, yeah. is wrong. But we are talking in the context if you're writing about Asian themes. Yeah. Yeah, white themes are white themes are great. There's just a lot of them. Yeah, let's uh, and almost all right. of gaming. And do we have white. any other questions? I, I think we'll, we'll, we have a we got a we got a just really misleading because the, the whites are not united in this global sort of right. 
So we gotta slit your throat signal, signal from the organizers. Yeah, so <laughs> here's, here's the deal. That's just meaning we're done. So I know, yeah. I know. That's Here, here's, the, here's the deal. Um, a whole bunch of us, a whole bunch of you know, Asian designers and beyond and you know, the community are actually meeting up today at 10 p.m. at this convention. Um, I, I personally, I, I can't speak for the rest of the panel, but I, I'm personally like more than welcome to discuss this. Um, as, as somebody who, you know, um, like this is something that I think about, okay? Um, I think to, to not be combative, one of the things that we were kind of talking about is not like, we're not, we're not shitting on games like Jenga. Like I love Jenga. We're not shitting on things like Scrabble. I love Scrabble. Play with my girlfriend all the time. Um, I think one of the things that we were talking about isn't this white versus Asian thing. One of the things we were talking about is people who are not necessarily in the Asian space creating games about Asians. So we're not talking about white games at all. We're talking about Asian games yeah. and designing Asian games. But like, please, 10 o'clock, come, come to our meetup. It's gonna be in this hotel. Somewhere. Somewhere. And if you wanna know where this meetup is, where can, where can, you find, where can people find you on the internet? Where can people find you and communicate with you and ask you questions and hire you? Wanna, we'll start at this end. Yeah, um, um, find me on Twitter at Sharon Biswas, which is the spelling of my name, or go to my website, sharonbiswas.mypuri.com, or go to my itch, which is astrolingus, which means star tongue. Yay. Oh, Twitter, banana underscore chan underscore vid, Instagram, banana dot chan with an N at the end. Uh, because Banana Chan was taken. So. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, yeah. Um, you can find us at AZNS Represent on Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram. There you go. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Daniel H. Kwan and of course at DanielHKwan.com. Uh, you can find me on the internet at JamesMendezHodes.com or on Twitter at at Lula Vampiro, I have business cards for the spelling for those, so come get those in, in a minute. Yeah, I have cards up here too. Uh, thank you so much for coming to this panel, and thank you, Breaker, for hosting this. Yeah. Yeah.